Eat that box in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Forever waiting for someone to like us. Bitches love record players. Okay, don't swallow it, that's gross. Hello, my little sex kittens. This is Raven, and welcome to Raven After Dark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and non-gender conforming individuals, we have a super fun and super spicy individual on today. It is the one and only Miss Daisy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Raven. Hi. So I'm Daisy. I'm an artist, model, and fetish performer. Oof. She does it all. She does <laughs> it all. So let's just start from the very beginning. What started you with all this and what got you intrigued in this world? Um, yeah. So I feel like most people, they experience trauma throughout their lives and totally in their childhood as well so yeah I think dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff led me to have these types of relationships like, okay yeah like BDSM and like dom sub types relationships okay yeah so that's kind of what like started me into all how old were you when you first started doing this and getting interested? I feel like I probably started young because we had the internet. Okay. <laughs> and, um, probably when I was like 13, 14, I would say. Okay. Is when I was like finding older men on the internet. How are you finding them? Because this is like MSN chat and Tumblr days. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Like those just random chat rooms online. Kids today will never understand that. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then like <laughs> eventually it evolved into like they would make apps for it, you know? Really? Like they had like the Omegle and, mm. and the Kick. Yeah. Kick apps like where you could just chat randomly with whoever. And you could just swap like switch out of them and it was just a bunch of dicks, oh, a God. bunch of guys masturbating. Oh my god, what a yeah. Ugh, I kind of forgot about all. Right? That. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. I know that was wild. I can't believe like kids had access to that and they yeah. still do. They still do and if anything it's gotten worse, but I feel like For sure. at least today parents are more aware of it whereas back then our parents had no idea cuz it was just happening in the moment, you know, it was yeah. just kind of rolling and like our parents were like, internet, what? Like I remember yeah. dial-up oh, and calling someone's house. I was like, ee-oo, and you couldn't, <laughs> like get off the computer, I'm trying to use the phone. Mm -hmm. Silliness, silliness. Yeah. So you said that you had some sub and dom <laughs> relationships. How old were you when that first started? Um, Probably <clears throat> like, cause I would have like these strange like not very long relationships online okay but that yeah I feel like those were never like real relationships so I was probably I think I was 18 when I first was on like FetLife and okay finding um people to like date 
and like tinder too but that was it was very rare to find people interested in yeah and tinder i feel like was still good at that time and i feel like yeah. tinder's kind of tanked since then yeah i'm no tinder's always been bad <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah it's just always been when you really think about culture. it pretty much yeah it's yeah, yeah all about yeah. the hookup culture for sure so then you started as a sub or as a dom in your first relationship as a sub okay and what was that like did you guys go out in public was it like a dressing yeah, up thing yeah we like actually oh yeah um we would like actually go on dates and stuff like we were actually okay. dating and yeah like it was just very um sub dom in the bedroom okay and yeah i would dress up and yeah what did you dress up as like school girl I would have like little skirts and oh stuff. fun yeah Cute. so it was like I feel like that's all the like regular type stuff people experiment with when they yeah, first not start. anything crazy you know like a chicken or yeah like yeah, a yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I mean hey that could be kind of fun a sexy chicken oh that would be so fun right <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it chicken sexy but yeah okay so then when did you start to get into the fetish side of things and the modeling side of things? Um, I think it was probably a little before that relationship, actually. Like, I started, or maybe it was at the same time. Um, but I had a friend who I met in beauty school, and we just started hanging out all the time and then we realized we were into like some of the same things like okay. into bdsm and bondage and stuff like that and she started camming and then eventually she found um this handcuff producer guy Ooh. yeah so then she was like hey do you want to go shoot with this guy like he does bondage stuff and he pays his models so I was like oh hell yeah like that sounds yeah. so fun like I get to play with handcuffs and get paid so love it yeah it was it was very cool so then that was what kind of kicked everything off is just jumping yeah. into that shoot yeah and actually like I think she just like invited me Actually, no. So this was like a planned shoot, but it was at a public park. So it was like public what? bondage. That's and awesome. Yeah. And we did a video too. So yeah. So my first introduction into this world was working for this handcuff guy who I still sometimes work for. It's been like, shit, it's been a long time. <laughs> Oh, it's been like six years. Okay. Wow. And you're how old? I'm 24. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I started when I was like 18. Nice. Yeah, so it was very, very interesting. Like, I enjoyed all the handcuff stuff, and then there's like another side to it where it's like jail and like prison and getting arrested. So that's the type of video that we did. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so I got like arrested for like... Um, not actually, but um, had like drugs on me or something. Okay, but that was at the, the, the whole park. skit and the plot line of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. 
it was so funny though because it was in public and like there were definitely people around us that were like what the heck what's going on and then like not even this wasn't even planned but we like after she had handcuffed me there was a real cop like driving down the bridge that we were on so we have like a video of me in handcuffs on a bench and there's like a cop car that just drives by yeah like hey (laughs) everything's consensual this is okay (laughs) yeah yeah I don't even think they were even like looking at us or even noticed but what are the chances of a real cop driving yeah so yeah that just like made that video so much more so much better. better so if you don't mind sharing what is what is it about the handcuffs and the being tied up that you enjoyed what's the pleasure that you get from that Cause it sounds fun and I've definitely been like casually tied up, but just wondering on like, cause you do a lot of shibari work. Yeah. So I feel like for me, I've been switching. Like I definitely prefer doming more now. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I know back then when I started that I liked like giving up like my control and mm-hmm. I liked just like being like, a there for someone and being able to like take care of them and yeah and now I still like all those things but I feel like it's a a different perspective okay of that yeah being on the other side that sounds so fun yeah I don't know I just like being the, the responsible one and the one to like listen and like control the situation and like make sure they're taken care of yeah. So it's kind of like similar wants and needs, I feel like. Definitely. Yeah, I guess it just depends on... I feel like it's like you've grown in yourself and you're just oh, in yeah, like yeah. a different mindset of it and maybe you've like worked through some different things. So it's like, no, like now I want to take control and I feel more confident in everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you had the subdom and then you went to the party and then you found that you liked the fetish stuff. What got you what was the step after that after that party what avenues did you start taking or not party that um shoot that you did the video oh okay yeah yeah I know I was like wait party sorry (laughs) my my apologies (laughs) I have been to some um like fetishy like rave parties and just like strictly like fetish parties what was that like um the rave party that was like very that was very fun because that was just like super low-key underground it was at like some art gallery in phoenix okay and i didn't even have to like pay to get in like i got snuck in by like people that i knew how cool yeah so that was super cool and then they had like this room that was like all just like black tarps everywhere and then in the middle they had like this little like pedestal okay and they had like this gimp like masked couple like holding each other and there was like a guy walking around them with uh needles and he was just like hooking them with like hooks and stuff oh my god (laughs) yeah and there was like a whole like bleacher set like a little set like a few feet back and people were just like chilling sitting and watching so were they (laughs) 
actually being suspended or were, were they just putting the hooks yeah, in them? Yeah, they had like little um, strings or like little wires. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So for those of people that don't know, what is a gimp mask? A gimp mask? That's like, um, it's like a non-sensory kind of mask. Like it's supposed to dull the senses so that you can't like see and it's harder to breathe. Sometimes there's okay. mouth holes or sometimes mm-hmm. the mouth is covered or there's a zipper or sometimes there's little holes for the yeah. mouth or the nose to breathe. I think a good example would be um, in American Horror Story. They have a full gimp suit. There's mm. like that one demon. So if you haven't, if you have seen that, that's what she's talking about. But that sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, I feel like the like the fetish wear and um, just the fashion I think is becoming more like modernized and, and trendy normal yeah, yeah normalized in our culture <clears throat> yeah it's super sexy it should everyone should mm-hmm. wear fetish stuff like who doesn't want to wear yeah, leather and like pleather? so many celebrities wear latex yeah now okay so after your fetish shoot of getting handcuffed what was the things that happened next and propelled you going forward I think immediately after working with that guy, I was introduced to a wrestling guy. A wrestling guy, okay. Yeah, a wrestling producer for, like, women's wrestling. Okay. And I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. That sounds so fun. Okay, let's hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I still do that to this day. I have a gig booked, like, next week for him. Okay. So... Yeah, definitely one of the more consistent things I've done is just, like, wrestling women and, uh, like, fake fighting, fake boxing. Okay. Um, Are you in, like, a a rink or are you in, like, a pool? Yeah, a ring. There's, like, a boxing ring. What? In, like, this (laughs) guy's studio. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, and he just, like, films like us role playing pretty much and gets the right angles so like all the punches connect and then in post he like adds all the sound effects and so you're not actually hitting the girl it'd be more of like kind of like a light tap thing where you guys like um, actually wrestling none each other. of like the face ones usually connect unless we have like gloves sometimes mm-hmm. those will connect but usually all the face ones don't, but like all the body, like we'll do belly punches and those ones will connect. But you're not hitting someone hard. Mm-mm. It's more of a soft thing. That's yeah. so cool. So he just pays you to fake fight girls and records it. Yeah. Do you guys wear different outfits or dress up in different things? Yeah, yeah. He has a whole like wardrobe there in a dressing room. So like usually people order customs from him and they will... Um, they'll also purchase the outfits. So, so yeah, he just has like so many bikinis and leotards and, um, Converse heels, like other boxing gloves and knee pads and heck yeah, just like everything, sports bras, like everything. And then you can sell it and be like. Daisy wore this, and you saw her hit that girl in the face with it. What they're on? Well, he just keeps it. Like he just washes them, and then, oh, okay, like, yeah. So like he'll reuse them. He has a whole <laughs> wardrobe. Yeah. How fun! So you sent me 
a list of different things, different services that you provide. And I wanted to talk to you about a couple of them. Mm. Um, the girlfriend experience, what does that mean? Okay. So I don't provide this anymore, but this was something that I started doing when I first got into, like when I was, um, working for the handcuff guy and the wrestling guy, I was like also looking for other ways to like make money in Mm -hmm. this industry. And yeah, the girlfriend experience was just something that I was really good at. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna charge money for this. It's just um, pretty much pretending to be someone's girlfriend. And just going on dates and hanging out and movies or whatever and dinner. Yeah, I never did it in person. I only ever did it through um, like an online type relationship. Interesting. So you would just be talking to dudes all day. Uh Uh-huh. And then like role playing and like phone calls and stuff and just like pretending yeah. To be on dates with them and like what we would be doing and yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. How did you find the balance with your personal life in doing that? Because if you're having that girlfriend experience and someone wants to talk to you all day like you would, how did you make that divide? Yeah, you definitely have to like set boundaries for yourself. Most people, they have to like learn that the hard way. So I didn't really have boundaries with all of that when I first started um I had boundaries with like meeting with them in person though that was something that I was never really comfortable with okay um but even after a while of doing the girlfriend experience it definitely burnt me out so like I stopped doing that okay as soon as it burnt me out I just couldn't and it was also just like getting too real how so it was just like sad to be like gotcha yeah to like hear them like actually have like all these feelings for you and then it's like not like a real it's not reciprocated from you because yeah it's not like a real relationship yeah so I was just like I don't think I can do this like this doesn't feel right yeah (laughs) that totally makes sense that totally makes sense I get that yeah okay next thing I'm really excited to hear about this <laughs> kidnapping okay so this was like this is something that like I've um I was like interested in before I got into uh, modeling and stuff and doing fetish um like performances and content but um The kidnapping, so we did do, like, a whole shoot, like, around that. Like, that. this is, like, really the only thing that I've done um, with kidnapping is okay. this shoot. And we wanted to make it, like, like, I wanted to make it, like, seem very, like, real and, like, scary and stuff. Okay. Because, like, to me, like, that's, like, what turned me on. At the time, so I was like, "That's what." I love like, that. Yeah, so, so I was like trying to make it very real, and it was me and my two best friends. Um, we were all modeling, and 
doing fetish work or like camming, doing something within the industry. So we were like, let's get together and do this video because one of my friends, her boyfriend was a porn producer. Okay. So we were like, yeah, like he can, he can just film this for us and we're just going to do like this kidnapping thing because he has this creepy van and he's going to like pretend to kidnap us and stuff. So we, it was like this cute Valentine's Day themed shoot too. Like we, we did all this before Valentine's Day so that we could have it. Um, finished by valentine's day and we had like cute matching outfits um and we like set up a whole like tarp like creepy room where you like torture someone inside my friend's boyfriend's house okay and that was where he was gonna we were gonna film all the like torture scenes because this was a kidnap and like torture okay um thing (laughs) we started or like we planned we were gonna like be at this like car wash like in the middle of the night okay and then um he was gonna like kidnap us in his van like he was gonna drug us yeah it was all like pretty like realistic honestly that sounds crazy cool like it's really like like, like looking back I'm like how did people like because there were other people at this car wash, even though, like, like this I car was wash was... I just thinking was, about that. <laughs> this car wash was, like, abandoned, though. Okay. Like, it wasn't even, like, running or up, but the lights were still on. Okay. And, um, yeah, there were other people, like, washing their cars or trying to or just doing, like, drug deals or something. This was, <laughs> so like, there were people Phoenix. around seeing you guys getting fake kidnapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. And, um, but like we came out of the van, obviously, but yeah, filming it was like, he like had this little towel that was supposed to be like chloroform Mm -hmm. or whatever. And like, he would like, for some reason we all like separated, like we were going to go pay or something. And then like the one went missing. So then the one was like, I'm going to go check on her. Yeah. And then she went missing. And then like the last one went missing. And uh, I'm, like, surprised I remember all this because this was such a long time ago. Like, it's been a while since I thought about this. But, um, yeah, so that was a pretty intense shoot. And then, like, coming back to the house, he had us, like, in the garage with, like, bags over our heads. Okay. And, like, gags. And my one friend started having a panic attack, so we had to, like stop I bet yeah yeah we had to like take the bag off her head and deal with that and um yeah we each ended up having like our own little like torture scene Mm -hmm. and mine was that I was I was like strapped to a chair he had like a towel on my head and he was like waterboarding me pouring water on it okay yeah 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 he was pouring water on it and then like he ran out of water and then (laughs) he had beer and he was drinking beer and I just looking back on this I'm like oh my god like why did I fucking do this this like there were so many like signs that was like don't do this but 
Okay, I did it anyways. <laughs> so we're talking about it. Yeah, it's a yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this person had beer, and um, which now I'm like totally against. I do not think that any substances are like to like a heavy degree should be used in any kind of like bondage or fetish okay setting so yeah looking back I'm like I know this person had a few drinks and yeah and wasn't in maybe the best state of mind yeah anyway so he ran out of the water and he started pouring beer like on my face and he's actually waterboarding you yeah 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 and then yeah and then he removed the towel and then like poured beer like in my eyes which like burned yeah so bad and um then he had it wasn't like awful awful but it still like burned and that was something that we didn't like discuss before yeah so um yeah another hard learning experience he had one of those tools those like electro um the shocky things yeah they're kind of like they shock a little bit but they're not like they don't they're not actually like painful but Mm -hmm. it's like one of those i don't i don't want to call it like a sex tool because it's also like a spa like facial i know exactly what you're talking about yeah 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 Yeah, it's like a high frequency Mm -hmm. machine or something um but yeah, he was using that on me too, which was like, yeah. I mean, we talked about that. So that and that, and then there was like one more thing. There was no like spanking or anything. It was more like I wanted to do something like very different. Yeah. Just to get like feelers out there to see like what people would like. And also this was something that like I was interested in just experiencing. Then after like using the the shocking tool and the waterboarding that was first, then he he forced me to vomit on myself. He like shoved his fingers down my throat. Okay. And I vomited on myself. Okay. Yeah. And that was like also discussed and that was agreed upon. That was that was kind of the main thing that I wanted to try. Having someone else make you throw up? Yeah. And just like vomit like in general. That was like something that we tried to achieve in another video it was like a christmas themed video (laughs) and we were like christmas elves and we had one of those like giant like candy cane like those thick candy canes okay the big ones yeah yeah and so uh she would one of the other elf models was like deep throating me with the candy candy cane. cane and we were trying to um, get me to vomit on the other elf's ass. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but that didn't happen. But um, there was a lot of like dry heaving and spit though. So that, okay. that was still like a fun, messy video. So when planning for that, did you make sure that you ate before the shoot? So there was stuff in your stomach mm-hmm. and then it just didn't come. I mean, I've yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that just not wanting to come up. Yeah. The one time you try to throw up on cue and your stomach's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I ate right before that and my stomach was like, nah. 
but then yeah having someone else like I yeah I feel like I've never even forced myself really like that to vomit so, so then were you else. able to throw up on the girl's ass was was no. that the shot of the second one no no that was that was before this kidnap shoot the Christmas one and yeah that was an unsuccessful vomit <laughs> shoot <laughs> so yeah so then I was like well how do I get how do I do this in the kidnap one and I was like oh yeah perfect like we'll just get him to force me to vomit on myself because that's kind of scary right yeah totally yeah that doesn't happen all the time no I don't know I don't know never been actually kidnapped so (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness just that one time yeah (laughs) um so yeah I mean doing all of those three things together I like consciously was like like yes this is what I want to do we agreed on this and then still it was very interesting that like my body still like it was still like traumatic for my body to like go through totally yeah like I definitely had nightmares after that like for a few weeks and um like we didn't get any aftercare from this person because this person was our friend's boyfriend you know yeah so and yeah I didn't really I could have gotten aftercare from like someone else but I'm just you know didn't really know all those things at the time yeah so So could you explain aftercare for the people that don't know what aftercare is because I really I met this dude and he really opened my eyes to aftercare and Mm. this was like a year ago And it's huge. So if you could explain that in your perspective. Aftercare is anytime the body or you go through something traumatic, you will need some sort of aftercare to kind of cope with that or um, just to like help you process even like what you went through, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's kind of just a necessary thing to kind of say like to the sub or whoever was the one receiving in that session like hey like you you did a good job like you like didn't like deserve like these things or like you you still like fulfilled like your purpose and it's okay and just like like letting them know that they're still loved and Mm -hmm. I think that's the the bottom line is like love like you are still loved and just to kind of receive that physical touch of like feeling loved and being cuddled yeah yeah after something it's really important and I guess when you think about like even when you just have normal sex or just any sex in general like Mm -hmm. or if you do crazy stuff in sex Mm it always feels better if you sit and talk with somebody afterwards yeah and but I had this whole Like, this dude was wild. I need to have him on the podcast. This guy literally made me come 18 times in one night, and the only person that's ever made me squirt. But we had this... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was... I was exhausted. But we had this really in-depth conversation even prior to this happening. He's like, you have to drink water for the next three days straight. And I kind of laughed. He's like, no, I'm serious. You have to drink water. 
we're going to do all these things, and then we're going to do aftercare. We took a shower. He bathed me. He gave oh, me a massage. He gosh. rubbed me down in oil. He cuddled me. Whoa. He pet my hair. Like, it was oh awesome. And, like, we did, like, it was intense. And I cried, but, like, happy tears of just, like, so overwhelmed. But, like, yeah. I left there feeling like I was on a cloud. Yeah. And I And he had this long conversation about how important it is to do aftercare. And take a shower, talk with somebody like, how yeah. did that make you feel? What did you like? What did you not like? What are emotions that came up for yeah. you? Never had that conversation. We, we had gone on one date prior. And so this is mm-hmm. our second time hanging out with each other. And I felt so comfortable and like knew what was going to happen going in. And he talked through the whole thing. Like, bro, aftercare. <laughs> like, yeah. Wild. And I feel like that should be like the standard. Yeah. Like, but no one talks about it. Yeah. Even for just like normal, like, hookup culture and vanilla relationships like that yeah like dating in general like that should be the golden standard yeah and and we don't think about it and I mean we don't see that in movies we don't see that like in porn or anything people aren't having those conversations no and I feel maybe people would be more willing to try new and different things and more extreme things if you had that conversation before and afterwards and be like okay Mm -hmm. like we did some crazy stuff that was awesome it seems like you really enjoy it like let's talk about it and work through it together yeah or just setting like boundaries like in general I think that is what can lead to that because when you're setting your boundaries then like you're also you can like set what you want for your aftercare or like tell them like this is what I I need about that yeah and I think a lot of people I mean that just comes with communication too like if if everybody's communication was better than we would all be like respecting each other's boundaries and listening to each other and having like more fulfilling relationships. Yeah. yeah. And just feeling better about sexual encounters in general and not feeling bad about that. Cause I feel like too, if you don't talk about sex afterwards and maybe you did something that like as a girl might make you feel like a slut or something that's like a little out there. If you don't talk about that, like, you're like, wow, like he didn't even like it, but like secretly he loved it. His mind is just blown away. But if like he had just given me some affirmation of like, hey, that was really cool. Thanks for going on that limb and like doing whatever, like yeah. it'd be better. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, people need to like express what they want and what they need more because ultimately like they're going to find someone who wants and needs like the same thing or can reciprocate that you know yeah so there's no point in just like hiding what you want and what you need exactly and you may like you may think something's crazy and out there and then you talk to someone they're like that's exactly how I think no one's ever said that before and you're like mm-hmm. cool let's bring in fake plants or something I don't know mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I just looked around I don't know what was the first thing I saw was fake plants but you never know someone could be into fake yeah. leaves and maybe the feeling of the plastic yeah, they want like a jungle vibe or something. Yeah, ooh, They're I like that. Or cougars yeah. doing a little animal play. <laughs> or we're yeah. monkeys or sloths. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We keep yeah. it open. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like anything is possible in the fetish world. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. I'm, like literally anything exists. And like I feel like that is becoming more of like a a normalized thing because of like the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. and yeah like you can identify as like a rock you know like who cares like whatever you want whatever you want it doesn't matter (laughs) 
So speaking of that balloon popping, talk to me about balloon popping. Okay. Yeah, balloon popping, that was more of like, um, that was like something I was interested in and I just found some custom guy who was willing to like pay for like a video of me popping balloons. So I have like a little like balloon pump and I would like pump up the balloons and I would tie them and then I would like sit on them and like jump on them. That's so awesome. Yeah, like it was super fun. It wasn't even like, yeah. I feel like a lot of the the custom like fetish content I've done has been very like, uh, what's the word? Like, like innocent okay. and, and like not um, sexual. Okay. And that's kind of something that I've learned in the fetish community is that like yes there is like this there's there's this side where like BDSM is incorporated into sex mm-hmm. and then there's also this side of like just these random ass fetishes that like don't even like incorporate sex but they like turn people on or people like them, you know. Yeah. So there's like yeah, there's like a whole like anything can exist. Anything's possible. So yeah. while you're doing these things, are you getting turned on yourself? Like, are you getting a sexual enjoyment out of it? I feel like I'm just getting like, at least with the balloon popping, that was like an adrenaline like, kind of euphoric chemical reaction. Okay. <laughs> that was, I don't. I mean, I feel like that if I was with someone and we were like making out and popping balloons then like I probably would be like turned on but but because it was just me like popping balloons like I was just like having fun and like just let my like inner child out yeah I was fucking popping and they loved it you're making someone else happy so Mm -hmm. fuck it yeah hell yeah 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 Okay, uh, slime grunge, slime... Oh, slime gunge, gunge. or gunging. Gunging, gunging. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of that before. So that, that's like probably one of my favorites because it's super messy and um, you know like the Nickelodeon slime? Yeah. Yeah, so that company basically, they sell their slime and you can make it at home okay in like huge buckets and so there's a slime producer here in the valley and that was my first introduction into the slime so it was at his house and it was like me and another model and it was like clothed and we like after the slime was like poured because we have like six or seven like huge buckets of just slime that we made and like you just mix it with like a drill you have to get like a little attachment for your okay yeah I know exactly what you're talking about and you have like the huge like construction like cement buckets and like the slime comes in the powder and you mix it with water I think and yeah so it was funny watching him like set up all of that and because I had never seen anything like that before like I didn't know how it was made or like if it already came like made is it green like in Nickelodeon they have like all the colors <gasps> like everything and they have like UV like light reactive what? yeah so ours 
um, one of them was a UV light reactive because it was a pink one. Okay. And then the other one was supposed to be like a white, but it just came out like kind of clear and not like anything special looking like it was just, yeah. But I can tell you like, so we had to be in the bathtub, like shower area so that, that it was contained and we just like start by pouring like these buckets on each other and like you're fully one clothed. at a time yeah so we're fully clothed starting but once we're like covered in slime then we like cut each other's like clothes off and like Ooh, at, yeah and okay. then at that point you can't even really see anything because we're covered because you're in, covered in yeah pink slime, in slime. <laughs> yeah and we're like sitting in the bathtub too so, and it's and filled, it's up filled with, it. with slime okay at this point so yeah that was just like a really crazy feeling just like being covered in um just like warm like goopy. that sounds kind of nice yeah no it is really nice like it's <laughs> almost really like a spa nice. treatment like if they yeah. put like essential oils like Ooh. next time i do that okay. i'm gonna add some essential oils i'll let you know how it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> please that sounds really comforting yeah because it honestly is like a little spa treatment mask but it is it's like warm and just it feels like you're in like the womb or like you're in a cocoon <laughs> like in a little like hot pocket or yeah. something <laughs> i mean i have this dream of one day sitting in a bathtub filled with um mac and cheese so i feel like i'd kind of feel oh like that gosh. wouldn't that feel nice yeah mac and cheese and mashed potatoes I just feel like would you eat some... it totally yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> i feel like i couldn't help myself right like, i would just be taking and then fall handfuls. asleep wake up and you're like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome Hell yeah okay okay so moving on the list at clowns oh yeah i've always been like interested in like the feeling fear like I've always loved like horror movies and, okay, and like being scared. haunted houses yeah I love always loved being scared and just yeah like feeling fear so like with clowns like I feel like I was scared of them when I was a kid but then okay. like as I got older it was like more like I don't know like I wasn't really like scared of them anymore and then I don't know I just was also very much into makeup so yeah so I do clown makeup and kind of post pictures on my social media and I would have like some clown people like message me for customs or pictures or just like randomness wanting to talk usually yeah and then that model that was my friend that had the boyfriend that we shot with mm -hmm. he was uh also like a a clown producer i guess like he was known as like the clown guy like he made a lot of clown content okay so um we that was like kind of the time of like that kidnap video <clears throat> and the vomit and <laughs> um yeah, just in that time in my life, we were making clown content as well, which was just, like, fun, silly, like, weird, raunchy. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fun and crazy. So out of all the different themed shoots that you've done and mm -hmm. personals, what's your favorite style or favorite thing to do and shoot? I mean, my favorite thing 
I think it's just gonna have to be like the genre or category of like the randomness like all the weird fetishes because I just like love experimenting and okay. I, I love like understanding people and like why they're interested in the things that they are yeah. so like when I meet someone that wants something like so niche like balloon popping or like clowns or like bubble gum blowing that's just like really interesting to me okay yeah so how do these people go about finding you or how do you go about finding them I feel like I've been kind of just with the way like social media has been going I feel like it's not it's not easy for people in this industry to kind of find work through there anymore because of all the like censorship that's like happening and um yeah but in in the olden times (laughs) 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 not just kidding like like what three years ago I feel like probably before COVID because COVID I think a lot of stuff oh my god a lot of stuff changed during COVID yeah social media and stuff but um yeah like when I first started modeling like six years ago I would just like post photos of like behind the scenes stuff from shoots and just whatever fetish I was like working with I would just like hashtag like the shit out of it with and people would just find it through hashtags yeah yeah I think that's how like people found me and it was just like it was random stuff too because none of it was like not safe for work you know all of it was like pretty mm-hmm. innocent safe yeah, for you're work just popping stuff. balloons just blowing bubbles yeah like a clown. yeah or smoking a cigarette or oh, okay. yeah yeah that was another um producer that i worked with um smoking cigarettes he'd pay like 50 dollars a cigarette and um i also worked for an inflation fetish uh, lady inflation yeah so that that was really fun I met her through another model and she was in Vegas and in the video that we did me and the other model were like sisters and our grandma had just passed and we were like just getting back to her house from the service or something And so we were fighting over, like, our grandma's clothes. And in the, like, heat of that, like, I put on one of her pairs of pants because, like, I wanted to, like, my character wanted to take those pants because they were her grandma's and they were special or whatever. And so um, I think we put on the latex, like, blow up stuff before all of this and then they had to like we had to like cut and they would like hook me up to like air tubes and stuff to like (sighs) inflate me a little bit and then it was like I was expanding throughout the video but like my ass grew so like after I put on these pants because they're like haunted pants like my grandma okay her ghost or whatever was like haunting me and yeah and made like and grandma had a fat ass (laughs) well she also made my tits like um like explode or like what inflate as well so i had to have on like i can't remember i think it was a whole like bodysuit really i can't remember it might have been two pieces 
but it was latex and it wasn't it wasn't like the nice like um like tight fitting latex that like is like pretty for cameras it was Mm -hmm. actually like pretty like big and worn out and but that was okay because like the clothes that I wore over it for the shoot was like baggy anyways and they were it was like meant to expand expand yeah so um yeah that was pretty interesting that was super just like fun chaotic random like in the shoot where like oh my god like take me to the hospital like why is my ass expanding <laughs> just like <laughs> I love that oh my gosh it was just so crazy and hilarious like I wish I could have seen that video but I don't think I don't even know if I have that woman's like contact anymore but yeah I've never heard of that inflation oh my yeah. god my butt's getting bigger <laughs> <laughs> so funny but hey whatever works you know and there's there's nothing wrong with that like I said it's innocent it's just blowing up you know what I mean like some yeah some people just want to see random things and like random things yeah and there's nothing wrong with that I'll take your money Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm -hmm. want me to pop some things I'm about it Mm -hmm. okay um so I wanted to talk to you about what is a rigger? Am I saying that properly? Yeah. And what it's like going to a bondage event. Okay. So a rigger is someone in usually rope bondage who is the top or the dom who is like fluent with shibari practice and knows how to tie someone up and knows how to communicate boundaries and just like safely have a rope session they're the ones like conducting that experience okay and shibari is what shibari is a japanese rope bondage practice it's like the art of tying people up so then you've been to these events before uh yeah i've been to um yeah, I've been to two in-person events. I think two, yeah. Were you there just to watch or were you there being tied up? In the first one, I was performing as the rigger, so I wasn't... As the head person in charge? Yeah, so I, I didn't... Yeah. It was a really cute little, um, like, performance. The model that I was with, she was, like, a little bit taller and bigger than me and she dressed in like a whole dominatrix outfit and I dressed in like a little outfit but then when we got up on stage she handed the ropes over to me and I tied her up so it was like a little switch thing love that yeah so I was the rigger and I tied her up which was Mm. fun like we met a couple times before the event to practice obviously like for any performance so that was fun because that was like something that I had always been interested in was like live performance and finally getting to do that was like crazy experience like I yeah. feel like it was like a fever dream like when I look back it's hard <laughs> to like remember everything that happened you know so you said that you were dressed as a little what does that entail in your outfit um so I was wearing like like baby pink and like white and okay. I had like a little like 
PVC like shiny baby pink bralette corset thing. Okay. And then I had like this little um, baby pink like bikini bottom almost, but like it had like a skirt like attached to gotcha. it. So it was like a little skirt onesie thing. And then I had like these white platform boots. That so I you wore. looked very cute and very sweet. And yeah, the girl very you're innocent. with looked the more dominant and was yeah. all dressed up. And then you guys swapped and it was like, oh my God. Yeah, the girl that I was with, um, that model, she was dressed in all black and had like this, um, this pretty like bunny mask that she made up that was all like femme and glittery. Ooh, okay. And, yeah, and she was in like black lace and her shoes were like like PVC, like shiny material. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So looking back, because you've been doing this since you're 18, you mm-hmm. said, and you're 24. Um, what are some mistakes that you've made and some things that you'd like to oh, say? Yeah bust out the notebook and Uh some light and advice you'd like to give on people getting into this industry things you've learned for sure so some mistakes that I've made oh working with people because my model friends were dating them or just said that they were like good to work with okay just because like one person says that you should like work with Someone, I feel like that doesn't mean, like, you kind of have to look at their intentions and, like, kind of question that and see what they're getting out of it because maybe they're going to be gaining more than you and maybe you're going to be, like, pushed out of your comfort zone. Mm. So, yeah, so that, that came with, like, just getting into the industry not knowing like anything about this kind of stuff you know like I just kind of like as opportunities came to me I just kind of took them yeah trial by error yeah for sure and and there's stuff that I've said no to for sure and there's increasingly more things that I say (laughs) no to so that yeah just comes with like knowing your boundaries and stuff um but I also do get like more paid gigs now too so that is nice okay another mistake I've made is traveling with models that I didn't know so yeah so don't like if you just want to do something because you want to distract yourself or just like run away from problems don't don't like go on a trip with people you don't know (laughs) okay (laughs) or don't do anything with people you don't know honestly just like I think having the right people around is so important and just like for you to like chase your dreams and like accomplish your goals you you need the right people around and that kind of support so I think throughout like being a model and stuff I kind of filtered through like a lot of friends and a lot of different kinds of support so but I've learned a lot from being in this industry I guess with that we'll get into tips for getting involved yes that was my next question kind of got involved like I said with the internet so my friend when um I was getting into 
like BDSM relationships. I had a friend who was also pursuing those types of relationships and she was telling me about fat life. So I made a fat life and I was on there like from the time I was 18. And that is where she and me, like we would find people to date, um, like groups you can find, um, like forums just of people talking about specific fetishes. So you can like, you can learn about certain fetishes and, um, BDSM and bondage and like safety about all of that. So there's a lot of like good information out there. There's also like not so good like information definitely i mean it's the it's it's the internet you got to be careful for sure it's the internet people can say anything um yeah like the internet the internet is your friend but the people on it may not be so um yeah take everything with a grain of salt like on online forums but also try to like apply what feels good from that to like your own like fetish life or your relationships or your sex life you know because ultimately like you're going to learn what's best for you through experience yeah so you would say that fat life is the best way to get involved in everything and kind of dip your toe in the water with it all I mean for me personally I've never had a successful relationship on or from fat life okay but I've learned a lot from FetLife on, like, certain, like, bondage techniques or, like, safety. Um, and even YouTube, honestly, has some, like, safety and bondage kind of beginners bondage videos on YouTube. So I guess FetLife is just where I started. But once I was able to meet some people on there and then find people local in my community then you start to meet more people and um you can even find like events I think on fat life too but Instagram as well I've found lots of people through Instagram um lots of models and photographers to work with all the producers I've met I've met through word of mouth so okay So, yeah, a little bit of everything, you know, and nowadays that's just how it is being like any kind of freelance worker, I think, is you got to like word of mouth and um, online Mm -hmm. is just the best way to kind of market yourself and get yourself out there. Okay. Any other advice for people starting into it or tips and tricks of the trade? Um... (laughs) Yes, always check your references and check those references. Like if a model is telling you like, oh yeah, this photographer is great. Like, what do you know about that model? Like, does that model have any references? Or just like getting multiple references for like whoever you're working with. So like having, reaching out to multiple models that have worked with a photographer and seeing how their experience was so because I think girls forget because I know I I haven't personally experienced it but I've had friends that have modeled and experienced it of if you take some out there pictures with that 
with that person, you don't know what they're going to do with them. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely had friends that have been touched during shoots that have not want to been touched and have been maybe not, I, I guess it would be assaulted, but it's not aggressive, but they're being weirdos and they're being creeps. And it's like, this isn't what we agreed about. Like we didn't talk about me taking off my clothes and now you're pushing me to take off my clothes or like being these different things. Yeah. So it's really important to talk to your friends and check up with people. Cause there's, there's so many guys out there like, Oh yeah. Like, I'm a photographer. Take your top off. All I do are oh, yeah. nudes. And you're like, how For convenient sure. is that? You only take nude pictures. Like, yeah, no, no. it's I, not worth it. Yeah. That's funny that you bring all of that up because I feel like a lot of my tips and tricks and things to look out for are like all for like avoiding situations like that and just avoiding yes. being uncomfortable and avoiding things happening to us that we didn't want or ask for yeah so yeah so always check your references and let's see this one be comfortable with getting rejected so like when you're putting That's yourself out one. there yeah like you like if you really want to make money from modeling you have to put yourself out there and you have to try to connect with as many people as you can because ultimately like that's you're trying to make that your source of income so you have to be okay with getting rejected and people saying no and that's okay because people are going to reach out to you and like you're going to have to say no sometimes yeah. so that's just how it is and it's not the end of the world and it doesn't mean that like the money isn't coming you there's know? just something else coming your way exactly i like that thank you for sharing that yeah and know your value and be confident in your rates and your skills. So like, yes. yeah, so you just know your rates going into any shoot. Make sure you've discussed that like over messages or if you want to have a contract written up, that is something that I think should be more normalized. Definitely. And I feel like it doesn't even have to, like you don't need a lawyer, you don't need to have a super official thing you just need to have like pretty much like who what where why how yeah. like like Boundaries. what's happening what, mm -hmm. who's getting paid what's the exchange and then you both sign it and there's copies of it just because if something doesn't go according to that contract and people are hurt or boundaries are crossed then you need that to take like legal action and that proof and not just being like oh he said she said kind of thing yeah like, no we signed this like piece we of discussed paper. this yeah. and this happened yeah 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 so i think that is super important and i wish that i had done that for like for a few shoots of mine when i first started but i just i just didn't know then and i also thought the people i was working with were my friends yeah so that just comes with experience too so definitely and I think if anybody were to give you grief, like if you were to ask somebody for a contract and someone's like, well, come on, it's me. Like, you know me. If That's, they're yeah. resistant to that, I think that should be a red flag. Like that should not be an 100%. issue. If, if they're super against it and like, I don't want to do blah, blah, like whatever reason, yeah. like, okay, I don't want to work with you then. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm safe and I'm covered because they're pictures of me. Like exactly. it's me who's having to do everything. It's your face, your body. It's, it's your business so I like it yeah know your boundaries and voice them so like I said um, 
like if you need to write a contract to kind of set that up but yeah just making sure that what you are expecting is like communicated before whatever shoot or gig is happening because that is setting the expectation and yeah and if you don't express your boundaries then you're also not giving that person the chance to like show you respect or to actually show you that they listen to Mm -hmm. your boundaries yeah so I just think communicating in general is so important and knowing your boundaries is important and yeah like you need to know your boundaries before any kind of photo shoot because you can't be letting people push you into doing things that you're not comfortable with or things that you've never even thought about on the spot because then that's not real consent you know no it's not when you're caught up in the moment and it's happening right there and you're like uh yeah I guess I'll do this Uh and then you're like I'm already like halfway naked yeah like and then you leave feeling gross and like well that's not what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I I I think again too it's good like that also goes with sex things and fetish things like you want to make sure that you have that communication beforehand for sure just trying to communicate as much as possible (laughs) so that everybody's happy and that there are no lines that are crossed and people don't feel bad about things yeah yeah 100% I agree you have to be okay with like putting yourself out there more and just going to events like if you don't know where to start start on your social media everybody has that if you want to become a model then you're obviously probably taking pictures of yourself already so start on social media and look for other people who are like local to you who are like doing things that you like and find out like who they're working with and like who they're tagging and reach out to them just reach out to anybody and yeah put yourself out there if there are like modeling events going on just go and meet people and network and yeah I think that's like the best way to kind of meet people is be out about doing it yeah you have to put in the work and do it like you can't just be like sitting around posting selfies and being like oh why am I not like why am I not yeah like people don't want to shoot with me like you have to you have to show that you're shooting with people already or Mm -hmm. like trying to do something and you have to have like um you kind of have to know what you're doing too like you can't just jump into it like not knowing what you're doing like if you want to do like modeling like fashion or boudoir or like Mm -hmm. lifestyle I wanted to ask you when it came to photo shoots what are your thoughts on as a model having to pay for shoots and paying for photographers because I feel like I've when I would talk to my friends who model when I was model it was always really back and forth of like you want to work with a photographer but you're paying like 200 bucks for this shoot and you don't necessarily plan to like sell these pictures per se they're just for you so like I get it if you're doing like OnlyFans stuff or like one to sell them but what are your thoughts on having to pay for shoots to work with photographers I mean it really just depends on what you're looking for because I think in the beginning if you don't have money and this is something that like you're wanting to like make like a source of income for you then you're going to have to do a lot of stuff for free you know like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna have to do a lot mm. of trade stuff and I think there are a lot of photographers who are willing to do trade stuff so I think that 
that is the best place to kind of start if you're looking to make money but um personally i've never paid a photographer to take my photos really yeah um i've only ever been paid but obviously like i have been like rejected by some photographers for trade shoots and they've sent me their rates and then i've like softly declined because i cannot afford um to do this because this is something that i do for fun and it's not really i tried to make it a source of income for me for a while and it worked out but i burnt myself out doing it and yeah so now this is kind of something that i just do for fun okay because I, when, when I modeled, I was always paying for shoots and paying. And so it's like you pay for a shoot and then you have to pay for each picture. And it just gets so expensive. And it's That's like, it's crazy. Not, it is crazy. Like, like I've definitely had photographers tell me like to pay or that I need to pay. But I feel like I've also like known a lot of photographers like willing to do trade stuff with me too. And yeah yeah and i've also never done anything like adult or erotic like i've done like topless and artistic nude Mm -hmm. um but nothing like nothing like pornography yeah no and and that's what it was for it's just for like tasteful nudes doing some um bourgeois shoots and i remember this one photographer he's great but the shoot was like 300 and then it was 15 dollars for a picture like each picture and I don't think I, he sent me the raws, but he never went through and like edited them. So like, I can't what? afford to, yeah. Okay, and like, so I that... get it to an extent, but like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> no, I feel like if, like you should only pay if it's like a photographer that you like, you love their work, you've been following them forever or something. Like it's just worth it to you to pay, but I don't think you should ever not, especially for raws, you should not pay for raw photos yeah, of you a lot <laughs> and like, like you can have like your friend or someone take pictures of you yeah and like call na- josh <laughs> and nowadays like our phone cameras are like so good really that though. it doesn't even like to really pay for like a real photographer they need to be like 20 years experience and mm-hmm. like also have editing skills and they'll edit your photos and they have like a studio that you can shoot at or yeah. something like like a real photographer no i feel that. but you, honestly though like i've met photographers who have like studios and have like 20 years experience and they're still like like they're not good at communicating or scheduling and they don't listen to boundaries so like you really just have to like do what feels good for you, you yeah know? yeah what else do you got in your notebook there? So I have our things to look out for. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I wanted Let's to make that. sure that, like, people... This is all stuff that I had to learn the hard way, so, you know... Help us out, Miss Daisy. Yeah. I got you guys. So look out for photographers who want to shoot you nude without pay. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that is so important. Like, you should not be doing any kind of nude work or topless work without being paid that is like your body and yeah 
Because what are they going to do with those pictures? Exactly. That that stuff goes out there, and mm-hmm. they're probably going to be, most likely they're going to be making, like, way more money off of it than they pay you anyways. Yeah. So Not worth that's it. just how it goes. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And photographers who try to get you alone or often try to push your boundaries. Yes. Yeah, like photographers, if they don't want you to, like, bring someone to a shoot, that's red Big flag. Big red flag. Yeah. Yeah, super important to watch out for that. Yeah, and I would say almost always try and bring a friend to the shoot. Like, guy or girl, just have somebody there Mm -hmm. with you. Because whether you know the person or not, you never know what could happen. And it's just good to have. Yeah. I feel like someone is less likely to do something if there's somebody there with you. For sure. And, yeah, and you do need someone there if you don't know the photographer or whoever you're working with because... Yeah, what if they don't listen to your boundaries or Mm -hmm. things just get awkward because you guys don't know each other and you're in a new place or they're in a new place or anything could happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you have a bad feeling about a gig, just don't do it or write your own contract. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Protect yourself always. Yeah, always protect yourself. You come first. You are making your money so you have to make sure you're taken care of yeah always yeah contracts baby contracts contracts i know i wrote that down like three times in here i was like okay i don't need to mention that again but just really trying to (laughs) drive it home everybody has a contract (laughs) yeah Um, like just write one up like if you feel uncomfortable about it i mean if you feel super uncomfortable about it then just don't do it but Mm -hmm. if like having that contract would make you feel more comfortable then write a contract do it send it yeah i also have to look out for models who might try to groom you into doing more than you're comfortable with Ooh. yeah because there's always going to be money hungry people that will groom you to do anything because they're not they don't care about like your best interest they care about making money yeah and they just see you as like a piece in that so definitely look out for people like that they're in every industry so yeah that's the important one what are some um do you have any tips on things that people would do to groom you or like things that have happened or like phrases that people say or interactions that you've had that maybe you felt like that was their angle or experiences you've heard from friends yeah that's a good question I think the biggest thing to look out for is that like they they will usually like I feel like they're usually manipulators and they want to be the victim so they'll always like play the victim card Or, like, try to get you to take care of them or do things for them. Or they'll be like, oh, well, like, you should do this for me because, like, I've done this for you or Mm. something like that. But, like, not really listening. So, like, they they also won't be, like, listening if you're telling them no. Yeah. Um, That's something to look out for. And, yeah, I think that's, like, the main. Okay things to look out for is like those people they're not going to be listening to you because they don't care about what you want they're just caring about making the money exactly also look out for anyone who has bad references or reviews or anyone 
who is all about making money. So that's kind of what I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And people who don't listen won't respect your boundaries. So. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, overall just communication is a big thing and is key. And you want to yeah. just make sure you know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah. And I feel like these are a lot of, like, good kind of guidelines to go by for any freelance industry like for any kind of like artist and if you're like collabing with people that's just yeah how to get yourself out there and what to look out for so starting to wrap up here um how do you think the fetish world has changed you good or for bad (laughs) so i don't I don't feel like it's changed me at all, honestly. I feel like okay. I feel like the fetish world was always like going to be a part of my path. Like it's helped make me who I am and I don't have like any regrets. Um but I have made mistakes and I've learned from those mistakes and yeah, I just think it's helped me become who I am and Um, even when like things were like rough along the path like I still turned out happy with myself I guess yeah so well good that's great it just helped to enhance you and find yourself more yeah exactly exactly it helped me step into who I was meant to be and to accept myself more and to love myself more and um knowing that like there's always going to be like community and support for me and there's always going to be people for me yeah yeah so then what are you doing currently in the fetish world if anything currently well I have like my personal life where like my you know my relationships which I am poly okay so um I guess I wouldn't really consider that like a fetish thing, but I think the like average person would yeah. consider polyamorism um, like a fetishy thing, but um, it's not, not for me at least. Like I see all my partners as like individual. I don't mm-hmm. have, um, don't have like primaries um, okay. in my relationships. I just have my partners and each relationship is like different and like fulfills a different need okay for me so it's not like like they each have their place okay and it's not like they're all similar and that's kind of where like the fetish comes in is that like the dynamics of my relationships are different like fetish dynamics I guess how many people are you dating right now or in relationships with right now just one okay so I've had like a few I mean they're they're always kind of flowing through Mm -hmm. um but yeah right now just one and that one is more of like um like the the fun interesting one like okay like we do a lot of different kind of role playing and um and there's not really like a set um we don't have like set roles okay so we switch it up a lot and um, do some interesting things and then whereas like my previous relationship that just recently ended that one was more of like um 
a dom sub or like daddy little type relationship where like I was the little because I still need to be like babied every once in a while. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like why I am like poly is that I just have like different needs and I can get those different needs in different relationships. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. And then where I'm at in the fetish industry, work wise, is that I still do like fetish modeling. So I do like paid work. Usually, like, I get paid to model my latex or do, like, the slime stuff or the handcuff stuff or the wrestling stuff. There is an event that I'm trying to get a gig at performing, so hopefully that works out. We'll see. What would you be doing at the event? Um, I was trying to be a rigger again, and then this Ooh, okay. time I have a male model that wants to be my little rope bunny. Heck yeah. Yeah. Let me know about that. I've never seen that in person. I've always wanted to go to one. Yeah, I'll let you know for sure. Um, I think it's coming up in November, so we'll see. Okay, cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. So then do you just, do you have like a eight to five job, or do you just do your fun work? No, I work a few different jobs. My life is a little chaotic. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So I also teach yoga at a studio once a week. And I also am an esthetician and do freelance life coaching and yoga therapy. Yeah. Awesome. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Or at least like two different worlds I got. I got my fists in. I like it. Yeah. It's the perfect balance. The yin and the yang. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. And honestly, I'm kind of in a place where I'm experimenting with like crossing those things over, you know, like, like doing like bondage for like trauma healing and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm trying to just see what is in that realm and, and just learn as much as I can. That's so cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Any last minute things you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Do you want to say your Instagram handle? My Instagram is damned daisy, or it's damned period daisy. And then my Twitter is daisy meadows with a Z. Okay. I don't know if I should spell those out, but. You can if you want. I'll link it in the show notes. So it'll be there okay. too. Yeah, I'll just let you link it. But yeah, that's my social media. And yeah. Maybe we'll see a little bit of about my life in November at that event. We can all go check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely keep you updated on that. And yeah, I'm posting on my Instagram every now and then. But um, yeah, I also post my poetry there, and that's that's really my account is just for like art now for the most part, and like fetishy stuff that I do. Heck yeah. You guys should definitely give her a follow. You have some beautiful pictures on there. Oh, thank you. Beautiful pictures. Thank you. I love it. (laughs) I love the latex. Latex is so much fun. I know. I love my latex. It's just like so nice. I need to get more pieces with it. Mm. I don't think I have... I think I have one real latex dress, but I don't know if it's actually real latex. I need to get real latex stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Feel that difference with it. Heck yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Daisy. I appreciate your time. And we'll have you back on soon. Thank you.